Well, praise God. Let's, let's give him a little, a little worship. Lord, we thank you, God, for bringing us to this house. We thank you for giving us sunshine in the morning. We thank you, Lord, for health and giving us breath to breathe. We thank you for putting this life in our hands and giving us an opportunity to live for you. I pray that your word would uh, come into our hearts today and that you would equip us to have your spirit, to have your character in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, while you're still standing, let's open with a scripture. Uh, Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This is on the fruit of the Spirit. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there's no law. Who needs some of these fruits in their life? Who needs some peace? Who needs some joy? Who needs some love? Well, my goal today is to equip you with the tools you need to live with joy. So we're going to talk about joy today. Thank you, Lord, for your joy. Let's, uh, let's have a seat. Got to get you settled so that I can start this off right. How do you measure the speed of joy? In smiles per hour. All right, and we've started out the right way here. <laughs> the speed of joy is in smiles per hour. See how fast you can go. So uh, today we're going to talk about four different questions about joy. What is joy? How do we get joy? Why do we need joy? And some examples of joy. So first question, what is joy? What do you think joy is? Um, in, a, in our morning classes, we'll open up that question. We'll have a lot of different people give ideas, and I like that. Um, and uh, a Brother East did an awesome job this morning, and we talked about a lot of things that were opposite to joy, things that would hinder our joy. So some of those teachings will probably come to mind as we go through this. So what is joy? Joy is a feeling or a state of well-being and contentment. It's cheerfulness, a calm delight. So think of, think of anger. That, that's, that's not content. That's not cheerful. That's not a calm delight. So joy, joy is a, a deep contentment. I'd say a contentment in the heart, in the depths of your soul. So let's look at an example that Solomon described in 1 Kings 8.66. So this is after he had dedicated the temple. It says, On the eighth day, he sent the people away, and he blessed the king and went to their tents joyful and glad of heart for all the good that the Lord had done for his servant David and for Israel, his people. So joy is gladness of heart. Having that, that joy, that, that happiness deep inside that doesn't fleet away with the next thing that comes along. So as many of you know, when I was in Montana this summer, I was um, given the opportunity to speak one of the times, and I had been studying on joy and was, was praying about if I should, you know, bring that topic up. And I was um, on a prayer walk. I don't know if I'll have many more prayer walks like that, where you're, you're walking down into a little valley, and the sun is peeking over the mountains, and there's a river stream going by. It was... It was majestic is the word for it. 
Um, so I was praying about, should I, should I teach on joy, Lord? And I, he gave me a word, and it was, my joy is found in weakness. My joy is found in weakness. And I was thinking about that. And I thought, it sounds kind of like scripture, but not exactly. Is that scripture? So I, I did some digging, and uh, I found these two scriptures that are kind of like two puzzle pieces you could put together. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sometimes, and we talked about this a little bit already earlier, about how sometimes we feel strong and we, we have that control of the situation, but that means God can't move. That means that we're limited to what we can do. So we need to be sometimes in a state of weakness to give God permission to do what we could never accomplish. So when, when I am weak, then I am strong. And then let's look at Nehemiah 8.10, second piece of this little puzzle. It says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when I am weak, then I am strong. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So you, know, you remember uh, early math where you have A equals B and C equals B, so A equals C. That's kind of the puzzle that I have here. When I am weak, then I am strong. The joy of the Lord is strength. So weakness brings joy. The Lord's joy is found in weakness. We could read 2 Corinthians 12.10 and say, For when I am weak, then I am joyful. So the, the joy of the Lord is found in weakness. And sometimes it's not until we face weakness, which is a realization that we can't live things out on our own, and we're enlightened of our need for God, that we actually need to reach for him now. I'm so weak, I can't do it myself. Okay, God, I need help because this isn't going to happen otherwise. And when we reach for him, he's sitting there ready, and he's got joy that we have longed for, that he's just wanted to give us once we get to that place that we'll receive it. So this is talking about joy, weakness, and strength. So when you think about strength in life, it's very important to look at what our source of strength is. And let me give you an example about what happens if we choose to strengthen ourselves outside of God. And this is found in Isaiah 30, 1 through 3. It says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, but not of me, who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin who walk to go down to Egypt and have not asked my advice to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh and to trust 
in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the strength of Pharaoh shall be your shame, and trust in the shadow of Egypt shall be your humiliation. Ooh, we got to get our strength in the right spot. Where do we get our counsel? Who do we cover ourselves with? Whose strength do we strengthen ourselves with? Whose shadow do we trust in? So those are all things that we saw in that scripture. They were getting their counsel from the wrong, the wrong direction. They were covering themselves with the wrong thing. They were looking for strength and trust in the wrong places. But there's only one we can confide in where we don't end up humiliated, shamed, and let down at the end. And that's why we need the strength of the Lord and the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. He, that is our source of strength. And I would, I would say that you would be hard-pressed to find some joy in life that lasts outside of the Lord. You can find some fleeting happiness, but it'll, it'll drain. Then you'll try to get it again, and then it'll drain. Try to get it again, and it'll drain. And it'll never meet that deep fulfillment. And that's what I would say is the difference between happiness and joy. All right, so here's the more important, well, not more important. What is joy? Very important. How do we get joy? I would say is a vital question that we all need to leave with some answers with, and that's what I really want to, uh, to leave you with. And I'll have, I'll have four points, and I'll get to them. Um, but the world will say, you'll have joy when you, you know, fill in the blank, when you get that relationship, or when you meet that goal, or when you look like this model, or like when you, when you reach this point in retirement, that's when you'll have joy. Well, just ask those who have achieved those things if they have joy and if they're going to answer you honestly. Because oftentimes they're trying to reach that next peak and sometimes they'll, they'll try to tell you, yeah, it is to get something from you, but they never reach it themselves. So the achievers of this world put on the, ped- put on the pedestal and, and ask Let me restate that. Those who have been put on a pedestal in this world, just ask them if they've had real joy, and you can see it in their eyes. Real joy comes from Jesus. He's the only source. But we need to choose this joy, and it is our decision. It is our decision. Has anyone heard of The Power of Positive Thinking? It's a book by Norman Vincent Peale. Anybody? Well, there are a lot. Okay, I haven't read it. I have to admit but it came to mind when I was preparing this. So I, I, uh, I understand that there are seven core lessons in his writing, and I'm just going to rip through them. He says, believe in yourself. Overcome feelings of inferiority and self-doubt. Have a peaceful and relaxed mind. Expect the best and get it, which comes through belief and having faith. Don't believe in defeat. Break the habit of worry. And finally, the power of using imagination, affirmations, and prayer. So looking into these things and, and kind of looking at his, um, some of these different aspects of getting joy, I realize that it's our choice to have joy. So, there's, so here's the four, the four points that are ways we can get joy. So this is what I want all of us to be equipped with when we leave. Uh, and when we're in those places where, okay, I realize I need joy right now because I have everything but joy. 
All right, what are those four things? Okay, let's do them now. So that's when, that's when the going gets real. So first one, get joy by choosing to think good thoughts. Let's read Proverbs 23, 7, which kind of has this truth in it. It says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. So for as he thinks in his heart, so those are the thoughts that you really believe. That's what you are. So is he. It's a powerful truth. If you choose to think in your heart depressing things, then you're going to probably be depressed. So our challenge is today, think in your heart, I am glad, and then you'll be joyful. I have the joy of the Lord in me, and you will. Despite my situation, he is one who always has joy, and you will, you will reach that place. And these, this, this dip or this valley, this challenging part in life, you will find can allow you to get to a new place of joy. So that's why it's so important to have God's word in our minds and hearts. So think about trying to think, I am glad, but not having those wonderful promises of God to, uh, to have as ammunition to, to put into action, to shoot those thoughts across your head. <laughs> so let's look at some of those scriptures that we can have in our back pocket when we need to choose good thoughts. Philippians 4, 11 through 13 says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do anything if he strengthens me. Paul is here is saying, I can go through any situation. I can handle anything because I can get strength through Christ. A lot of times we might forget some of the scriptures that came before this, but that's, that's where, where you really need God's strength is no matter where you are, if you're high or low, you need Jesus to strengthen you. So remember that one. I can, do, I can go through this through Christ who gives me strength. I'll make it through. Another one, Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You want perfect peace? Where do, what do you think about? Where do you put your mind? Put it on the Lord, and you'll have peace. Another one, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brethren... Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So this is really the power of what you think about in choosing joy. You can choose what to think about. You, are you and you'll catch yourself. <laughs> I can start the Darwin world spiral, and you can keep going until you're gone. And there's people who've done that. But the challenge is stop and think, wait, is this true, noble, just, pure, lovely, of good report? No? Okay, I don't need to think about this anymore. And it's going to be hard to get your mind off of it. 
But just start reading some of these scriptures. Just start putting something that'll change your mind. Sometimes that just means going out for a walk. Sometimes that means getting out of the insides and seeing what God made. Sometimes that means just shifting. Make that shift in your mind quicker and easier, and the sooner you will find joy. Oh, I love this one. Acts 26, 2. This is Paul. He says, I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. I think myself happy. If you looked at Paul, would you think he should be happy? He was in prison, and I think it was for years. He was there for a long time because he, uh, he appealed to Caesar. So he was in the hold. He was in chains while they were working through things and getting the politics right to get him into the right place. So he had to be patient. He was sitting there in prison. What did he do while he was there? Well, he, he didn't let himself get depressed. He didn't say, God, I've been working for you, and I'm finally doing the right thing, and now I'm just sitting in prison. He said, well, Lord, I trust you. I'm here for a reason. You're going to put me where I need to be, and right now I'm training for it. I'm going to think myself happy. So sometimes you just got to tell yourself, Rob, think yourself happy. And say it a few times until you finally smile. Because uh, then you go faster in smiles per hour. <laughs> it's the same joke. We'll just remember that one. <laughs> Uh, I have another good one for you here. Philippians 1, 3 through 5. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you with all joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is a good work that started in you, and you might not see the fruit yet, but it will come. Hold on to the promises. Remember that. Keep yourself from falling into that downward negative thought pattern. And remember, there is hope. Think yourself happy, and you'll get there. So that's number one. Uh, get joy by choosing to think good thoughts. You've got to make the choice. All right, number two. Get joy by being in his presence. You can get joy by being in the Lord's presence. There is scripture for this. Psalm 1611. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Uh, we look for pleasure in the wrong places. They're in the right hand of God. Get close to him because his presence, there is joy. Psalm 22.3 says, But you are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. We often heard this of God inhabits the praises of his people. You want, you want God to show up? Build him a house of praise. Give him a little house of praise to come near. And that's how you're going to get some joy. Um, I loved what you had to say, Brother Reese, this morning about sometimes we're talking about um, some challenges that men have about anger and doubt. And you don't need to address those in the physical because you're not going to get too far. You address those by taking some spiritual steps in faith 
so that some things can be broken down and then you can get there. And I love how, how this touches on that. Because when you just start praising God, regardless of your situation, you're breaking some things down, you're getting your mind in the right place so that he can start stepping in and doing what you could not have done without getting in his presence. So step into that. Step into that place that doesn't seem like most people would say, what good is that going to do? Well, it's going to do some good. I'm just telling you. So we need to get into his presence. What's a good way to get into his presence? Well, we talked about it a little, a little bit already, didn't we? He's enthroned in the praises of his people. So let's look at Psalm 100, verse 4. I look at this as kind of the key. Enter into his gates with the key of thanksgiving. And another key, enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So if, if, you get your, your, if you get yourself to the point of being thankful and praising, you know, regardless of the situation, which means the situation doesn't need to necessarily be the source of your thanksgiving. It can be the God who you're going to. Your praise doesn't have to be what you're going through. It can be the God who's getting you through it. So enter into his courts with praise and into his gates with thanksgiving. Uh, this reminded me of a time in Scripture where there was an opportunity for giving praise and thanksgiving when it didn't feel normal. And that's in Acts 16, 24 through 26. This is after Paul and Silas had been doing the work of the Lord and people didn't like it. So they took them and threw them in prison. Uh, and it says, Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. What a situation. Sometimes you might be bound. Sometimes you might be dark in a dungeon. Sometimes people might have put you or claimed things on you or spoke things over you that just put you in a deep, dark place. But that doesn't mean you have to stay there. And it doesn't mean you have to believe those negative things that were spoken of over you. That's the time when those chains, those chains literally broke off those people when they started praising and giving thanks. So just praise him, no matter what it looks like. You're in those dark moments, remember, okay, I'm gonna just going to give praise. I'm going to give thanks because Paul and Silas got out of those shackles. They came out. There was an earthquake. I mean, even if God doesn't give a literal earthquake in your life, he will shake some things loose, and he will bring you to a place in the right timing. Just trust him. Yes, so that was number two. Number one, okay, see if you guys can remember. How do we get joy? The first way is get joy by choosing to think good thoughts. Think yourself happy. The second one, we get joy by being in the presence of God. All right, number three. Oh, this, one, this one's an interesting one, um, and there's a lot of scripture on it. Greater levels of joy come when we endure with a good attitude. 
when you endure with a good attitude. So let's look at some scriptures on this. Here's one about facing trials. James 1, 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. There's trials. Sometimes I'm, I'm in the middle of a trial. I'm like, oh, right, I'm supposed to count this as joy. All right, okay, let's get this mind going in the right direction again. And that's literally, I think, what you have to do. You've got to start thinking that way, and, you, and eventually you'll realize it is the truth. If you're in a trial and you face it with the right attitude, with joy, you're going to be grateful later that you went through that trial because you wouldn't be where you were if you hadn't gone through it. Another one, First uh, Peter 4.13 talks about how suffering for Christ can bring joy. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. So those sufferings that you face, they might, they might be a ticket to joy. If you use it properly, if you partake of Christ's sufferings with the right attitude, when his glory is revealed, there will be exceeding joy. Another one, uh, by sowing in tears, Psalm 126.5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. So these are some challenging ones. You've got to admit that. And it takes, it takes some recognition of the situation you're in and having faith to get through it to say, okay, I know this is for a season, and God can deliver me. And you can pray that he will if it's his will. And he may very well do it. He's done it many times in the past. Um, but if he does not, he has a purpose for it. And that's where trusting through that process, it's a challenge. But it's going to bring you to something that you never thought you would experience that deep of joy, that exceeding glory. It's, it's divine. It's heavenly. And it's worth it. So greater levels of joy come when we endure with a good attitude. All right, and finally, number four, joy comes through our faithfulness and humility before God. Joy comes through our faithfulness and being humble before God. So let's talk about uh, humbling ourselves. It's Isaiah 29, 19. What does humbling ourselves have to do with joy? It says the humble also shall increase their joy in the Lord. And the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. You want to increase your joy? Have some humility. Put aside some of that pride. Realize that God is bigger than all of us. That it's, if you need to compare yourself to someone that you're not up to snuff to, just look at the Lord. Just look at Jesus' life and you'll say, okay, yep, you're the one who's, who's got it all. And you'll have more joy because it'll increase your capacity for it. And let's talk about being faithful. Uh, Matthew 25, 23. It says, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So keep being faithful. 
Because there is a joy of the Lord that you will enter into. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Keep doing what is right. Keep doing what you know by faith, not necessarily by what you see is the right thing to do according to Scripture. And you're going to find some joy. It will lead you there. I have another scripture that we can look at, and this is one where Jesus is speaking. After he talks about the vine, the true vine, and about obeying God's commandments, uh, John 15, 10 through 11. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. So keep those commandments. It's going to bring fullness of joy. So be faithful. Keep those commandments. Stay humble. You're going to find that joy. And we can ask for that joy. If we have the right attitude, if we're doing it in God's will, speak it in his name. It'll be done. For John 16, 24, 24 says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name, Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. So start asking God, okay, God, what is it you want me to do in this situation? What is it you want me to do in this challenging time? What is it you want me to do now that I've experienced something awesome in every situation? And when you ask in his name, you will receive, and your joy will be full. There's uh, some friends that I have who I had talked to, and they went through a really challenging time in their life. They had a, a baby that was a stillborn. So there was a delivery, but there was not life after delivery. And it was a great depth of pain. And there's something that um, was said that I just can't forget. And he told me that, he believes the depth of his pain and suffering is what is going to allow him to reach the heights of his joy. And I just thought, wow, what, what a perspective to have. What a perspective to have. Yeah, they went through grief and they went through loss and they weren't fake about it. But they realized that giving those things to God allows God to touch some really deep stuff. And while he's in there, he can plant those seeds of joy. And you can come to a level that you never would have without going through the depths with him. So remember in those depths, stick close to him, and he will bring you to the places of joy that you've desired. Amen. Okay, what are those four things? First one, choose to think good thoughts. Yes, think happy. Second, we need to get in his presence. Third, we need to endure, go through trials with a good attitude. And then four, we want to be, be what? Faithful and humble. Keep faithful. Keep moving forward. Keep trusting. All right, so those are the four nuggets. We, you Make sure you got those in your back pocket when you leave. But we'll also ask, answer another couple questions real quick. Uh, why do we need joy? And Jesus needed joy. If we read Hebrews 12, 2, 
It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So even Jesus, he's, he used that joy and put it in front of him and focused on it with his mind and did the actions. He was faithful. He was humble. He did everything right because he knew it would result in joy. And that's what got him through the, the horrible death that he went through to take our sins for us. He knew what it was going to bring. And if we can go through some of the sufferings like he did, we're going to reach the joy that he has for us. So we need joy. Why do we need it? We need it to endure. Matthew 24, 13 says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And Nehemiah 8, 10 says, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The end of that verse, Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. We read it earlier. So we need that strength. We need the joy of the Lord to have strength to endure. We'll get through it if we have that joy of the Lord. Uh, some examples of joy, real quick here. Uh, joy in your salvation and kingdom work. So being part of the kingdom can bring some real joy. Uh, Romans fourteen seventeen says, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So if you are truly kingdom-minded, uh, and some people might fool you. They might be doing things for uh, a church, but they might not have the right motives. And they might, they're not going to achieve the, the joy that God has because the kingdom of God, not our kingdom, not what we're trying to get out of it, but if we have the right motive and we're doing it for his kingdom, he's going to bring some great joy our way because the Holy Spirit is going to get close to that kind of thing. And have joy in eternal salvation. Luke 10, 20. It says, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names were written in heaven. If you're ever in a place where you need to remember something to have joy about, it's because he paid the, he paid the price for us. He was buried, he was in the grave, and he was resurrected. And when we... When we obeyed his commands to repent, to be baptized in his name, and to come up and to receive his Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues, remember that in every, any situation you have. And you know my salvation is, has followed his word, has followed his model. And I will, I will have something to have joy about. No matter, it just forget the other things, just remember that he saved me. And that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Thank you, Lord. So no matter your circumstance, great joy is available in the Lord. So in conclusion, I just want to review what we talked about. And it's, it's something that uh, might be worth jumping up and about, down about today. And then when you're, you know, in the depth, you got to remember and start building, building your thought pattern back up again. So what is joy? It's contentment, a calm delight. It's God's strength, and it's found oftentimes in our own weakness. Okay, how do we get joy? Choose to think happy, get in 
his presence. And how do you do that? Be thankful. Praise him. Also, endure trials, suffering, tears with a good attitude. And then finally, humbly obey God and his word faithfully. And we need that joy for for the strength to make it through to our eternal destination. You will make it. Just remember, remember he's got you and his word will carry you through. So let's, let's take some time to get in his presence, to get some joy. Let's be thankful. Let's praise him. Let's give him some glory. And you are welcome to come to the front and lift a hand, say how thank, thankful you are that he's brought you as far as you've gone. Thank you that you haven't left yet in the state that you were in. Be thankful that, that his grace and his mercy lasts and endures forever. And we can praise him for who he is because he is an awesome king. You'll find none like him. He is worth living for. And if we are faithful and endure with our joy, we will see him in heaven. In Jesus' name. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath.